0: Hello, hello. I hope this podcast today finds you well. And if not, if you're struggling with the holidays coming up, then this episode is for you. Last week, um, I shared that it was National Grief Awareness Week between December 2nd through the 8th. And in honor of National Grief Awareness Week, I am concluding with a second episode in the two-part series Uh, This time I'm talking about grief during the holidays, and last week was facts, stats, and grief in the workplace, which probably affects the majority of us. Um, A lot of interesting statistics and facts were shared in that episode. I will link to it in the show notes if you're interested in listening. Uh, But today, let's talk about the holidays, because they're fast approaching, and I know there are some people out there who, this is the first time after a loss of a loved one, uh, going to, into the Christmas season without that person, and it can be very challenging. Um, you know, while there are other critical dates and times that affect grieving people, it's the holiday season that is one of the biggest stimulus to provoke memories and feelings about important people in our lives who have died or who are no longer present at the holiday celebrations and rituals And it could be from divorce or other estrangements. Again, I've said it like a thousand times. Grief is not just about death, my friends. Um, So the holidays are supposed to be a happy time. But let's be honest, you know, many of us are grieving this time of year and not just about the death, divorce or job loss. Everyone has issues. So let's discuss hopes, dreams and expectations, changes and choices, my friends. I've heard it said that expectations are planned disappointments, or an expectation is just a disappointment that hasn't happened yet. (laughs) And expectations are at an all time high during the holidays. You know, we have a lot of expectations about who's coming together for the holidays. Will it be, what will it be like? What will we do? There are just a lot of uncertainties. Will everybody be happy? Will we get along? What if the food doesn't turn out? Or what if it just doesn't taste right? Or what if your sewer, like, backs up and you lose water? Like, that didn't happen to us during the holidays, but it happened during my son's graduation. Had a house full of people. You can't plan for that stuff, right? But you have these high hopes and high expectations. That, like, for me, just became a disappointment, right? But many hopes, dreams and expectations are wrapped up in the holidays. It's important to remember that losing or letting go of a hope, dream, or expectation can be a loss too. Times have changed. Little kids aren't playing with the matchbox cars on the floor anymore. You know, everybody sitting on the couch looking at their phones. I've actually, I mean, I've caught, I've caught myself too, but I've taken stock like when all the families together like how many people in the room are sitting on their phones right this is the time that we live in it's a fact of life but a lot of people listening to this are experiencing a change in traditions and plans and one definition of grief is the natural it is the natural and normal response to change or loss the change in familiar patterns habits or traditions As I said, if this is your first Christmas without a loved one, I'm sure you've already given this a lot of thought. There's going to be a lot of change. Change is a significant cause of grief. We just don't call it that. We don't articulate it or think about it that way, which is why it's so hard to deal with some of these changes and expectations that aren't being met. First of all, we don't even think about it as a grieving situation. We don't articulate it to ourselves. How do we even share it with somebody else? How can they even understand our disappointment? You know, something that disappoints me might not even be a big deal to somebody else. But this is the thing. Like, then what you have people doing sometimes is they're minimizing what you're experiencing. You're minimizing what you're trying to share. You know, and it can hurt you greatly. And to someone else, it's not a big deal. But, you know, sometimes we just need to learn to be a listening ear And be supportive. And even if it doesn't seem like a big deal to us, we just try and be the support, right? That's one thing you can do this holiday season. Um, The good news is, though, is that, and this is what I talk about a lot too, is we have choices. Grievers just don't think they have any options. They're just the victim. They're stuck with whatever's going to happen and it won't be good enough. But that's not true. What is true is that we can't change what has happened. We may not have a lot of influence or power to change what will be, but we can choose how we respond to those changes and how we respond to those losses. I want you to take some time to figure out and identify all of the changes that you may be experiencing during the holidays, but do it during these pre-holiday days. You know, as we, time is quickly passing by, just take stock, you know, kind of play play it out to the end, right? Like, think about the holidays coming up and the different rituals and traditions and things that you used to do with your loved one. Think about all of those different changes, everything that will be different this time around, and then choose to not sit and be the victim, Reframe how you will see these next several days and weeks as you go through the holidays. And here's some advice if you want to take it. First of all, try to have fewer expectations. Put your hands up and ride the roller coaster without expecting what the ride, what the ride will be, actually be like. And secondly, reframe how you see things. You get to choose how you make the holidays happen. You can't change what's happened in the past and can't change what will happen in the future. But you can change. You can change. You can also choose how you respond to what's happening today. Do you want to be saddened and gloomy during the holidays? Who would? I don't. The principles and actions of the Grief Recovery Method, which is what I facilitate through my program, Do Grief Differently, are dedicated to helping people discover and complete what was left emotionally unfinished by a death, divorce, or other loss. In the interest of helping both grieving people and the friends and family near them, I thought I'd share holiday tips that give some basic, practical, and emotionally helpful guidance. So there's 10 tips. The first five relate primarily to the death of someone important to you, and that person might have been a loved one or may have been what we call a less than loved one, but you will be probably still be affected by their absence and the second set of five tips relates either to the death of a spouse or to divorce and we're not comparing those experiences just suggesting that the tips can be helpful in either situation so here are five tips for the holidays if you're grieving the death of someone important to you don't isolate yourself It's normal and natural to feel lost and alone. But don't isolate. This is one of the myths of grief, right? Grieve alone. Even if you have to force yourself to be with people and participate in normal activities, just do it. If someone asks you to go out and do something, go and tell people. You know what? Keep asking. Even if I say no this time, you just keep asking. One of these times I will say yes. Tip two. Don't misuse food or alcohol to cover up or push down your feelings. As children, when we were sad about something, we were often told, don't feel bad, have a cookie, you'll feel better. And cookies don't make the child feel better. It makes the child feel different. And the real cause of this sadness is not addressed. When we get older, alcohol and drugs are used for the same wrong reasons, to mask feelings of sadness. Tip number three. Talk about your feelings, but don't expect a quick fix. It's essential to have someone you trust to talk to about your memories and the feelings they evoke. Ask your friend to just listen to you and try not to fix you. You're sad. You're not broken. You just need to be heard. Tip number four. While it's important to talk about your feelings, don't dwell on them telling the same sad story over and over is not helpful. In fact, it can establish and cement a relationship to your pain. It's better just to make a simple statement of how you feel in the moment. For example, say, I just had a sad feeling of missing him or her. You've likely heard me say, you know, referring to support groups. Support groups can be amazing for connection and meeting new people and And it's getting you out of the house, right? I'm saying don't grieve alone. So you go to a support group. Great. But here's the thing about support groups is if it's the type of support group where it's a repetition of the same stories over and over and over and nothing is moving you forward, you don't feel like it's getting you forward or moving in your life. It's not, you know, helping you grow. And not that you have to grow through grief. I think I think I should do an episode on that. But if you... Let your grief be a part of you and you integrate it in a way that you give it the time and space and you feel it and you're sitting with it and working through it by doing the work, which we do and do grief differently. That's different. That's taking action. And this is what you don't have in a lot of support groups. There is no action. So it's just a lot of the same story. And that doesn't help you move forward in your life, if that's what you're desiring to do. I think there's a time and space and a phase for support groups and things, but um, definitely use your own discernment. But that's just kind of what I wanted to say about support groups in this episode. Tip number five is time doesn't heal. Actions do. Speaking of actions, right? The myth that time heals a broken heart is just that. It's a myth. Time can't heal a broken heart any more than air can jump into a flat tire. Time just goes by. It is the action you take within time that can help you feel better. Speaking of feeling better, before we get into the next five tips, I just want to share a little bit about the new sponsor to uh, my podcast, Magic Mind. I've been using their two-ounce shot for... Not quite the last thirty days i I think I have maybe four bottles left. And what I've noticed on the onset after a few days is this calm that almost is uh, new to me. <laughs> it's when I'm feeling like I have a lot on my to- do list, uh, if you just read my recent newsletter, it was all about um checking lists you know, making lists and checking them off and all this and that about lists, but because we make all kinds of lists. But I love a good list. But at the same time, all the lists can become overwhelming. And when, you know, getting close to the holiday season, and whatever is going on in your life, um, it is a list that can help keep you organized. But it can also feel overwhelming, right when we keep adding stuff to the list. Well, Magic Mind might be the thing that can help you, as it's helped me, check things off the list. Um, And it, like I said, it's kind of helped me notice this calm that has come over me when I'm using it. When I take that two-ounce shot in the morning with my coffee, it's not a replacement for coffee, although it can be, Uh, you can drink it alongside your coffee. You know, I take my get my first cup in and then, then I take the shot and I go about my day and it helps you get into a flow state. It helps, for me, it's helped calm me. Um, I don't know, it's like I find my my focus a lot easier um, to get certain tasks done. And um, I've just really, it, it actually tastes good too, but I've actually just really liked using it. And um, they're actually going to be launching in January in all of the sprouts markets. But for you listening to this, you can actually get 56% off your first subscription, plus another 20% off your one time purchase. um, The first purchase, excuse me, with my discount code grieving voices. So if you go to magicmind.com slash grieving voices, and use the coupon code Grieving Voices, all together, all caps, you will receive an additional 20% off your first purchase. And I just say, try it and see what you think. Give it a good week for sure of using it every day. Um, they say after three days, you will notice a difference, but, and I did. Um, but after five days, I think it is, you kind of get more of the benefits because there's neurotropics in it adaptogens matcha green tea plus 12 other magical ingredients um and i like how the founder james Bashara has says in his um video about it he says uh, athletes have gatorade and creatives now have creator aid <laughs> and i love that because as a creator we can have a million things like a million tabs open in our brain a day not to mention all of the family stuff and things that go on in our lives, such as grief, right? And so if there is anything that can help um, as we're going through the grieving process or just as we're navigating life, you know, this is just another kind of tool in our toolbox that we can use to help our brains function more optimally. And if that's something you're looking for, then again, check out magicmind.com grievingvoices grieving voices for 20% off your subscription. All right, back to the list and the next five tips. And so here are five tips if you are grieving the death of a spouse or have experienced divorce. Tip number one, just because you feel lonely doesn't mean you're ready to start dating. Don't start dating while your heart is still broken or you will guarantee that the next relationship will fail. Being ready to date is a function of the actions you take within time to repair your heart. This is valid whether you're dealing with a death or a divorce. Tip number two, don't get too busy. Avoid hyperactivity. This is one of the myths of grief too, keeping busy. Be careful not to get too busy. Being super active just distracts you. It doesn't help you deal with your broken heart. And you know what? There can be a lot of healthy or deemed healthy distractions too. Just, you know, let's say you're an ultra marathoner. Um, That takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of determination and a lot of time, commitment. And if you're doing that as a distraction um, from your feelings and for what's happening in your life or the stressors of life, it's a healthy coping mechanism for stress, of course. But if you're not doing things in other aspects of your life to address your emotional well-being, then it could just possibly be a coping mechanism, a, a sturb, a short-term energy-relieving behavior. And it can become something that you become addicted to for that reason. Um, tip number three, maintain your normal routines. Adapting to the changes in your life following the death or a divorce is an enormous adjustment. You are learning how to move from being with someone to being alone, and it's never a good idea to add a host of other changes while you're trying to Adapt to so much disruption in your life. And tip number five. Go through the pain, not under it, not over it, and not around it. It's very tempting to try to avoid the pain associated with a broken heart, but it's also a very bad idea. Whenever you skirt the pain, you're also pushing it down, which is only temporary. It will always come back to haunt you. And tip number five. Find effective guidance, or you will sabotage your future. While the grief of a broken heart is the normal reaction to the death of your spouse or to the end of a romantic relationship, it's very helpful to find effective tools to help you discover and complete everything that was left emotionally unfinished. Otherwise, you will drag your emotional baggage into the next relationship and ruin it before it even starts. There's your five tips for each different type of loss. And a lot of these really just reiterate the six myths of grief. Don't feel bad. Grieve alone. Replace the loss. Be strong. Keep busy. And time heals all wounds. You know, for most people, the first holiday season after the death or a divorce is the most painful But that's not true for everyone. And for many, the second, third, and subsequent years are very painful. And since time doesn't heal emotional wounds, as I've just said, people often report feeling worse as years go by. No matter when your loss occurred, it's most important that you become aware that recovery is possible and to learn which actions will help you create some momentum and movement in your life. And when I say momentum and movement, it's just progress. It's getting out, getting back out into the world, integrating the experiences that you've had through the grief, through the years, however long it's been, and reframing. It's a lot of reframing. And often it takes support to help you shift your perspective to, to modify your beliefs about grief, to shift how you feel about, you know, certain aspects of your relationship that you, could, you can't go back and change, but again, you can change how you respond today because really the relationship continues, whether the person has died or whether you're divorced, there's some sort of emotional continuation, right? And so you can hold on to anger and bitterness and resentment and, or the pain of the loss itself, and the sadness, and and maybe even the hurt, even the most loving relationships, people hurt us, you can hold on to all of that, or you can recover from the pain. And when I say recover, because, you know, a lot of people have a lot of opinion. a lot of people in the grief space have a lot of opinions about the word recover and the word heal. But when I say recover, it is recovering from the pain. So that when you have these holidays coming up, you're not taken back to that like this heart wrenching pain that takes you down for weeks or days or even months on end into this, you know, depression that you can't find your way out of. It's possible. Recovery is possible. And this is why I like the word recovery because it gives people hope. Because when people don't have hope, that's a slippery slope. And I'm in the business of hope. So I like the word recovery. I'm going to continue to use the word recovery and because I know it's possible. I know it's possible. It happened for me. It's happened to countless clients of mine and the thousands of people. I don't even know how many people have gone through grief recovery, uh, but it's changed people's lives, transformed people's lives. Someone that was, I, one of the, um, She's uh, marketing. She's a trainer and things with the Grief Recovery Institute. She was on my podcast early on. Her name is Sandy Derby. I'm going to link to her episode in the show notes because, I mean, she was addicted. She had a meth addiction. Uh, She was in an abusive relationship. And she was on a fast track to a really self-destructive life. She had a lot of trauma from you know, her father and other family members, uh, satanic, ritualistic abuse. I mean, she went through the gamut of trauma and pain and suffering in her life. And grief recovery, my friend, changed her life. And she is in the hope business just like me. And this is is why I'm so passionate about this work. So whether this is your first year of being without a loved one, or it's your 10th I don't care. It's never too soon. It's never too late. Reach out for help. Make 2024 the year of you. All right. I'm going to put those resources in the show notes. And if you have any questions about do grief differently or anything else that I've said, and if you want to join the conversation, please do so on social media. I'm at the Unleashed Heart on Instagram. That's typically my favorite social media place to hang out. Um, I'm not on there a lot, but I will read messages if I get them. So I encourage you to reach out or send me an email, Victoria at unleashedheart.com. And if you found this episode helpful, I hope you share it with someone you know or love who could benefit from these tips and come back to it anytime. I mean, the podcast is here. This is a free resource. I do this for you. It's a labor of love and many blessings for this upcoming season. My heart goes all out to all of you grievers. I know you. I, I want to say I am you, but I I grieve differently now. It's, it's not like it used to be for sure. I feel like i you know, we're all lifelong grievers. I mean, it's, there's always something, there's always something that life is going to throw at us always but we can build an emotional resilience and empower ourselves with new tools and new knowledge and a new belief about what we are capable of, a new belief about what it means to grieve in a healthy way. That's where we can change. And that's where we have choice. So remember, when you unleash your heart, you unleash your life, my friend. Much love. From my heart to yours, thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please share it, because sharing is caring. And until next time, give and share compassion by being a heart with ears. And if you're hurting, know that what you're feeling is normal and natural. Much love, my friend.